So for 69? So in 69, we had a deal because, because Jochen was driving for Lotus. Then Lotus, he must have, have talked to Chapman and told him that we should be running the Lotus Formula 2 cars. Okay. It should be run by Winkleman Racing, but right. they could be owned by Lotus. So they they obviously agreed to that because they didn't want to run, run them themselves anymore. That'd be a 69. That was Lotus 59. 59, sorry. Yeah, which was the space frame. Yeah. Which was designed by a guy called Baldwin, but a Ralph Baldwin, Ralph Bellamy? No. No, that's later on, isn't it? No. Anyway, it was, um, and of course, once again, we had to go to Lotus to build the cars. They were behind with them. Yeah, as usual. And uh. so we get up to Lotus, and they were a fair way on, but we had a look, and they'd been actually testing with a, a car in the winter and uh, with John Miles. So uh, we get up there and we have a look at him. And, you know, there were, were things, obviously, because we knew the engine and uh, we knew space frames and we knew the car a little bit, you know, we knew the engine mounts were no good. Right. And we knew the brakes weren't actually any good. They weren't big enough either. And all we got was, you know, Negative. Oh, you, okay, you don't like just come to criticise, you can leave, so off we go. And we have to go back a bit, you know, later, and then, we, then you have to do the, you know, the classic, have to work all night before you get to Thruxton. So we work all night, we leave there at four o'clock in the morning uh, with the cars, still with the small brakes, still with engine mounts, so we weren't happy with them. Mm. But, you know, it's basically the, you know, the car was all right. It was... It was fairly large, you know, compared to the Browns, but right. we we get to Thruxton just for testing only, and so Jochen goes out in it, and he's with it. he's I think it's a couple of seconds in inside the lap record there, sort of instantly straight off, straight off, no yeah. trouble. And of course, our other driver was Graham Hill. Yeah. Uh, and of course, with Graham, he has to have this and he has to have that. And it was at, at Thruxton after. God, no, I'm, I'm getting a bit ahead of myself here, but so as uh, uh, so Young goes out and says, the brakes, he said, are useless. He said, he said they're completely fading. He said the the he said the fluid's going right, you know, the fluid. But he said, that's okay, it doesn't matter. He said, you can leave it. He said, you only, only use the brakes once at Thruxton, you see. So, leave it, he said, they can recover okay. But, so that's, I think, on a Wednesday. So luckily we had the time to go back to Slough and get large calibers from AP, which, right. yeah. which was a good move because we, you know, we thought at least that's about a heat sink to, to you know, take some temperature away. Yeah. And, the engine mounts by then were okay still, but we you know, still weren't excited about them. So then on the, we get to thrust them for practice, when that would be Friday or Saturday, usually an Easter weekend. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. And I 
always remember actually Frank Williams you know, coming up to me and, and he said, Pete, what's this about this this time that Jochen did? He said, that's a load of bull. And I said, no, he did that. No, nah, he said, do you just have him so on? So I said, no, he did it. And Frank wouldn't believe it. Frank would, right. would not believe it. So I said, okay. And, and then uh, it, it was Piers Courage. He'd come along when we were unloading up on the transport. And he said, it looks like a Formula 5000 car. It was so big. And remember Jackie Stewart saying, don't knock it yet. He said, don't knock it yet. Yeah. So uh, we get out there and in the practice, it's okay. Everything's everything's okay. We you know got the brakes that you know they, they work once fine, um, and and they're reasonable. And he gets on pole there for uh, for the race, and the race was in two heats. So Stuart was in the match there, which was a you know yeah. it, it was a pretty good car. So in the first first race. Jochen gets a puncture on the rear, and it was our our first effort with a you know uh, with a centre lock you know, okay. wheel, yeah. and it wasn't hammers; it was a nut. Mm. And you think they'd supplied us with some tools like a front end the thing wouldn't undo. Oh. It was totally useless. So he sort of I don't know if we changed it in the end, but he in the so in the second race, he has to start in the back of the grid. Right. Which he did. And he won again. So, you know, he had to pass Stuart on the way. And, and everyone. And everyone on the yeah. way. And, and, you know, that was would be typical of Jochen because he knew the car could do it. He'd be quite happy. And, yeah. and, and he charged on. Of course, that actually silenced all the critics then about you know, the size of the car. And, you know, obviously, Frank thought, oh, they weren't lying after all. That's right. Actually, about this. the truth. And I think that was the last time I, I spoke to Paul Hawkins, because he must have been killed that year. Oh, right, yeah. In that, or not my actually, because he came after and he said, Jochen is just awesome. He said, on that circuit and things like this, this, this. And it, it was all... all Always nice when a driver like that actually came yeah, up. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, you know, I, I'd sort of met Paul when I probably Crystal Palace in about nineteen sixty-five or sixty-six, and, mm. and he was a he was a nice Aussie, wasn't yeah, he? Yes, of course. He was another That's guy. Right. Was, yeah, you know, and and he, you know, he talked to you. So that so we we moved on from there with the Lotus. So we went went to Nurburgring, and the Nurburgring people were. Very anti-Lotus. Right. I, I, I think because of Clark's accident, you know. Oh, right. Nobody ever, ever sort of knew, and you know whether they tried to blame the circuit or yeah, that's right. Thing went yeah. on, and so you know, at at the Nurburgring, both cars broke front wishbones. Right. And the rear wheels came loose, which. You know, we didn't know about the rear wheels until we get up to scrutineering. Or they, you know, they wheeled the cars up there after the race, and I was just having a look at the wheel nuts and it was loose. So I just took it up with my hand, yeah. and it just went. Then one of the Germans came along afterwards, and he accused me of tightening up the wheel nuts again because obviously they'd noticed them loose. 
this went on. It's like, but we, we had a lot of hassle there. So, um, you know, we get back to England and I, I modified the wishbones. And it wasn't the nicest modification you've seen, but it lasted us all, you know, all season. Oh, now, right. now, actually, the cars were owned by those. They should have done something, but they were always were too busy to do things. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So this went on, and, and, and I believe at the end of the season, when they got the cars back, according to Yock, Yock and Chapman said, why did he, he do it like that? That wasn't the way to do it. But, you know, the last of the season, I didn't care how it did it. That's right, and it worked. Really, yeah, you know. It did break. Just uh, as long as we could continue races. Yeah. And we, we still had problems with the brakes all season. I wanted some ventilated, you know, discs, but of course, you know, we couldn't get them and put them on. The cars were lotuses, and they, they'd never come up with any, any ventilated, you know, discs. And they did have them on, you know, on some cars they had. Ah. Uh, well, I think on the Lotus 47 they raced had them on, yeah. so... All those things that that you know technology was available, and they never come up with them. So in the last race, I remember Jochen was having trouble with the brakes. Uh, with the brakes, the last race for me was at Vallelung, and he just stuffed them in the armpit. Right. So you know whether it was on purpose or yeah. uh, whether he wanted to catch an aeroplane home or not. Uh, no idea for but, <laughs> but it was always to do with brakes. Right. Actually, you know, with hindsight, I, I probably know a little bit more about brakes than I did now, mm. you know, now than I did then. But um, you know, we should never have gone on for a season or anything like that. I think we tried to do something yourself with improved a lot. In, in that season, also, we you know uh, we gave Ronnie Peterson a drive uh, at Albi. Mm. I, I think was the first. Time Ronnie was in the car. Mm. I think it was probably the, the only time. But we had a, other other driver, John Morales, was in in the car. Yeah. Uh, we also had the had the Lotus for a while that belonged to Max Mosley. Now whether oh, right. we hide it from Max or, or actually what happened, mm. I, I don't know. But um, probably did some sort of deal. Yeah, yeah, I think so. The actually because Max had hid. Turned up with his car at Nurburgring, and this is this is something else which is also a, an amazing coincidence. Or he was out there on the circuit, and he had a, had a, an, an enormous crash off the circuit. You know, the, what, the, never had all the barriers and things. No, of course. And he was lucky. He, he, he sort of walked out of it okay, but a marshal actually walked up at the accident and says, does this come off your car? And it was a, a K-nut that hadn't been screwed on, because if they'd been, been screwed on all the way, there's, you know, you, you, you can see the locking actually section of them. Yeah. Well. And so they find out this has come off the bottom of the front Upright where it goes through the wishbone. Okay. So at the, he picked his car from the factory and you know loaded it up and off they'd gone. And this nut had only been put on there, been tight. Oops. <laughs> and yeah. so after after a big ha- hassle with Lotus, I believe they 
they rebuilt the car or they paid for some of it or something like that. Yeah. And I, I don't know whether Max raced it again after that, but I know we... That would have been quite late for Max, actually, wouldn't it? 69? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but we used it after, after Oh, I've actually got a good actual photograph uh, somewhere around. I, I think it's reasonably well-known photograph of Max and I walking beside the car at Nürburgring mm. and Peter Briggs is actually pushing the car so right. it's, it's a, you know, quite a good run. But we knew Max, of course, from yeah. down there. Yeah. And, and so I knew Max before March, of course. So. And then Robin Hurd was around also. I knew Robin in, in, in 69 also. Mm. Maybe a bit earlier because there was talk of of Roy Winkleman actually building his own Formula One car, so this was was also on the cards. Right. Probably in '68, sometime I mm. think. And, yeah. And so Robin was. Robin was around anyway. Was, was he working at McLaren or something? He was at McLaren's then. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and I'd I'd sort of been round to Robin's house, and we'd you know, another mechanic and I, and we we'd actually talked about bits and pieces that we'd like in the car. Right. Which was unusual, you know, in those days they'd ask you what you thought yeah, was... Yeah, <laughs> imagine happening today. <laughs> these days, yeah. It's yeah. just totally, totally useless these days. Okay, we'll, we'll have to hop back here a little bit to Thruxton with an incident that I had with Graham Hill. It was after practice there yeah, and the cars were, were okay and so Graham came up to me and said, um, he, he said, can I have a look at your job list? He said, he said, I want to write some things in. And I said, Graham, I don't have a lot. Have a job list. If it's important, I'll remember it. If it isn't important, forget it anyway. It wasn't worth thinking about. And he said, he said, he said, far be it from me to tell you how to do your job, he said, but I think... I think a job list is a good idea. And actually, luckily, I, I sort of had enough clout, I suppose, to get away with it. I said, Graham, I think it's a bad idea. And that was the end of that. We never, I, ever had a job list. <laughs> I thought it was, because I think I was right. If it's, if it's important, you know, you know you have to do it. Of course, it. yeah. If it isn't important, like some little, you know, you know some little niggly thing. Yeah. It was a traction also it was where... Because did like a field, didn't he? Yeah, where... Uh, another mechanic looked looked after the car for Graham. And in the practice, actually, Graham said to him, um, well, he said, can you... He said, stiffen the rear anti-roll bar up, he said, an eighth of an inch. And so that you just have to loosen off an hour. Key and, and so he goes around the back and loosens off and you know knocks it up to what he, he thinks it's an eighth. You can see the marks and yeah. you can you know, probably judge with him, sort of tenth out. And he comes back again and says, Okay, all done. And Graham says, Have you done that anti roll? They said, Yeah. And he says, he said, uh, he said, He said, Did you measure it? And he said, No, just eyeballed it. And Graham said, when I say an eighth of an inch, I mean an eighth measured. So that is probably a, it ties in with the the story that, that when he 
left BRM as they proceeded into the gold Allen key <laughs> for the anti-roll power adjustment. <laughs> they probably worn out all the other keys, <laughs> exactly. just getting you within half a foul. <laughs> that was I, I thought that was a, you know was a good one, but also the you know the job list and I, I never all the time I was informed too. But I never had job list. list no. So how was the '69 season with the Lotuses? Reasonably good. We we had wins, and uh, if you know the car was running at the end, mm. then you know you often uh, could win by then. Because by then Alan Reese wasn't driving anymore, mm. um, so he, he was just manager, and it was it was only Graham and Jochen and anybody else that that. That you know they could could fit in when when, when either Graham or Yorkham right. were available. Yeah. So. so that was the end of '69. End of '69. And what happened to the team at that point? It did it finish then? Yes, the cars <coughs> actually uh, went back to Lotus, and then Yorkham ran his own Formula Two team. With the new Lotuses, the 69s, yes. from then on. Right. Um, and, and, until his death, anyway. So mm-hmm. they and they went back to the, the factory and the the cars were rebuilt into monocoques. Right. Uh, from space frames. Right. And I presume all the, and the space frames were probably scrapped or I, I don't know what happened to them, but there was a monocoque centre section, but I, I was lucky not to be involved with any of that. By then, before the, the end of the season, I'd actually been approached by March and by Jochen because... Because they were running in... They had that single chassis, didn't they? For, was yeah. it Formula 3? Yes. In 69? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yes, for Ronnie With Ronnie, yeah. yeah. And... They're obviously looking to do better, go on better things anyway. Yes, and James Hunt drove yes. the car as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, at you know, by the, at the end of the season, I was I wasn't unemployed. I could have found a job anyway. But I was was also approached by Jochen and Robin Hurd because they were talking about doing their own Formula One car. You know, Jochen was talking about a Formula One car of his own. Was he? Right. And. Um, Even though he's with Lotus, yes, right. But uh, and I said, I'd, yeah, I'd be interested, obviously, because you, you know you knew Yocker would be given at everything. Yeah. And with Robin, I I I said, you Robin anyway, and I, I sort of you know knew a little bit about his history, and and I got on well with him. But that obviously came to nothing. Then I'm I'm reasonably certain that was at the end of '69. But not 100 percent certain, but it was around that time. Yeah. Uh, so then we, but then the March thing actually started up, or they were, you know, we're getting people together. Yeah. And I knew all the people involved in the company, so it, it so you got in quite early, though, didn't you? Yes. So it 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 was a natural sort of move progress to move from there, but at the, at the end of that year when they were running the march with 
James Hunt, I think it was I shared the house with uh, House of Maidenhead with Howden Gangley. Okay. And, and so Howden was racing, also in the form of three cars. So I went to Bram's Hatch with him. Um, and of course, I come up. We come up against the march anyway. Yeah. So, Howden had a brilliant race there. I forget what happened in, in the first heat, but in the second heat, he was way back and he started and he did the only. I think it's the only hundred mile an hour lap in the old F3 cars. That's that's oh, right. been done there. I think he still holds that. Right. But we had to cheat a little bit because he. I was, if he never gained anything on a lap, I would, I'd put him as gaining on the board. Ah. So it, it'd be half a second up or whatever. Yeah. And, and so by doing that, I think we, we sort of kept him, you know, kept him motivated, yeah. even though he's way back. And yeah. I remember talking to Tim Schenken afterwards, who was also racing, and of course we knew Tim very well, he said, he said, he come past me, he said, there's no way I could keep up with him. So that was all, <laughs> all said very good. But also the Maidenhead head, head thing was very good in the, sort of in those days because Ronnie Peterson lived there, Tim Schenken lived there, and of course Howden lived there. Mm. And then uh, Rain of a Cell would come from Sweden and, and so we'd all go out for you know, meals. Yeah, and, you know, right. And, and to Marlow or yeah, Henley or, That's right. yeah. or to Windsor and, and so that was, was all nice so we were in and I, I, I think I met Ronnie Peterson before that at Madrid at, at Yarama so that was something else he couldn't speak English in those days really? and, uh, but I met him through rain of a cell, you know, never known that I would, I'd look after a car for Ronnie someday, but um, yeah. it sort of, sort of all went from it. So the march, you know, thing happened, and it was, it was good that it happened, in that it, it was a new team starting up with a lot of opposition from the establishment, the establishment there, the. And the you know the establishment had been around a long while, mm. and there were little this you know some offshoots of this also that you know that people don't really know about. But I'll I'll go into that a bit later. Um, we started off and all all very gung ho because we were up against the establishment, yeah. which is always always good if if. If you got some opposition sort of apart from race cars, it's, yeah. it, it is always, you know, it it's, makes it interesting. And everybody that, that actually worked for March were always, uh, it was a laugh. It was like, you know, we were up against the, all these yeah, people. And yeah. it it's the same in a way that, that, that happened to Hesketh. Mm. Oh, yeah. In that you 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 were... Up against it all, and nobody believes it'll happen. And and you know, an empty office and a telephone was was yeah. you know, the thing. And yet, in around all this, everybody was working so hard mm. to you know to get it all to happen. The car was designed, and, and but we still had had this opposition to it all, all sort of all the way, which you know that makes it good. So, so your energy was a real shallow. 
Yeah, obviously. yeah, yeah. We're all we're we're all there. Saying, no, yeah, this will work and that'll work. And mm. and and you you also had a lot of input. It even as a mechanic, they they'd say, "Oh, we want this. Okay, uh, we'll make this, and and you know, then see what you like it, and that that sort of thing would happen." Yeah, but it was it all went on, you know, all went along, you know, you know, very well. And then when the you know the car appears. Um, in spite of everything, it wasn't a disastrous car. No, it wasn't. Um, you know, we had some problems because you know the driver was Chris Ayman. Now, now I'd known Chris from way back in New Zealand, mm. um, and uh, oddly enough, one of my first meetings with him, we were I was in the South Island and and we were driving around. I, I don't know why I was driving around, and Chris came along and I stopped and talked to him and he said, oh, can you take me back to the hotel? I said, yeah, 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 no problem. I said, where have you been? He said, I've been in the pictures. And I couldn't believe that a race driver would not be working on his car or be interested, you know, to know what was happening yeah, in his car yeah. in the garage, which was in the town anyway, mm. which was in, you know, within, within walking distance. And... I've always actually thought about that, and I thought, why wasn't Chris interested in, you know, what the boys were doing to the car? Mm -hmm. You know, we're talking way back when, when you know, the drivers, you know, like Brabham, used to work on his own car. Yeah, he used of to course. work on his own car. You know, well into the into the sixties. Yeah, you know, yeah. You'd, mm -hmm. you'd see Brabham with a with the injection equipment under his arm, going back to the hotel at Poe to do some fettling on it at night, things like that. And, you know, with Chris, he, he never did that. And, and so, when he gets to March, he wanted to drive the car, um, but there wasn't a lot of, of input from Chris. I, I didn't think, I liked him, I, I you know, I still like the guy as yeah. a driver. And, 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 you know, he, would, he was quick as a driver. He was excellent when he's just with mechanics, brilliant. He'd, right. You know, he'd go out for a meal, Chris would be wonderful. He'd yeah. even pay. Um, <laughs> and he was great. As soon as management turned up, it was like disaster. Right. He, 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 never, he never seemed to get on with management. And yet he had managers of his own that you wouldn't. I wouldn't get on with yeah, you know, yeah. I'd get on with anybody. So, yeah. But he, he was just in that situation. And yet there were some races. Actually, Canada was one of them. I said, look, we've got some problems on the rear end. Keep it off the curbs. Yeah, fine. And he comes in after, after the race. I, I think we finished in the points there. And he said, I never went on the curbs once. And I believed him. You mm. know, he, he would... He was skillful as a driver, mm. and so I really liked him because of that. But if something went wrong, he he could be bad all weekend. He, he'd like if he you know if the management turned up and said something, Chris would be that was the end of it. The, the end of it. Yeah. yeah. He, he he would not he would not pick it up from that. Or he didn't appear to pick it up from that. Um, but you know. The problems might have been genuine, 
Mm. Like at Zandvoort, he, he does the touch on the line. And so he drives all the way around on a lap, revving the engine high. Mm. Now, I've had, uh, had, had other drivers that have done the clutch on the line, but they lift off and they'll cruise around for a lap, and yeah. the clutch will come back again. It's obviously been red hot and and, and will call and will yeah, work. Yeah. And I've I've had drivers who would do that, but Chris wouldn't. See, he it'll be all over immediately. You know, the That's clutch funny, the clutch wasn't working. That, that'd be the end of it. It's funny, isn't it? And yeah. he he sort of drives into the pits at Sandport, and I got in the car. Nothing like the thing wouldn't even idle the way, so the clutch was just totally gone. Yeah. Um. And and yet it had. It had had enough to drive around the circuit, but like I could hear him coming around, in you know, around the loop, and he's revving it, you know, revving up, up and down. Revs. Yeah, it was yeah. not just, just as hard as up and down. So those, those kind of things. But there was a lot of it, you know, was enjoyable. Yeah. You know, in South Africa, we had the car out the, out the fairly early for some testing and. So we'd you know want to run it out of petrol or something like that. So, mm. uh, you know, so Robin and I say, so I'll do some laps in it. So you get out and you drive around and you squirt it up the hill and things like that. But you know, I didn't go very quick. And but up in a straight line uphill, I'm really brave. <laughs> so <laughs> I was saying to Chris, I said, God, I don't have to go up that hill without that that piece in the back there from that corner around there. Don't accelerate up there. You see. He said, "No, I don't think so." I said, "Yeah." He said, "What gear are you?" In? I said, oh, "I'm in second. He said, oh, "I'm in third up there." He said, <laughs> "He probably flattened the third." Exactly. Like, yes. I was just getting in the second. So <laughs> all those sort of things were yeah, know, exactly. They were a bit of a laugh. But yeah. we, and then I get I get bored very easy with that. So I'd come and hand over to Rob, and then he'd keep yeah, going right. till it ran out of petrol. So. <laughs> Which isn't a fair test, but it was all good fun anyway. So were you involved with Ronnie's car in that season, which was... No, that was, that was the antique automobiles thing, wasn't it? Antique automobiles thing, yeah. So you, they just, you just supply the car and they got on with it? Yeah, yeah. We, we turned up at Monaco. We had, 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 had two cars there for Chris. Uh, the one was the lightweight. The lightweight uh-huh. Monaco. Now... My car was was original one. So in the first day's practice, Chris crashed it into the into the barriers coming down the hill. So another mechanic and I get out out there, and it's on three wheels. He he's taken a front wheel off, but it's on three wheels. So we so we lift the wheel over, or the, take the wheel off and put everything up on the front and it's in the stays on the three wheels. I want to go back to the pits and this yeah. You just took it off. So but but only came down to the old uh, old railway station area and they make me park it. But I, I could have you know I could have got back to the pits okay because all the brakes were working yeah, everything, yeah. everything was okay and the engine was the was you, know, you could start the engine up on those days with yes, a button and, a, and it had a battery on board. That's right. And uh, we park it, and then we have to go back and piss on it. You have to get a wishbone, and we rebuild it while the you know, Formula Three race is on. Yeah. Uh, but it's a ding in the monocoque. So when we get back to the garage again, they said, "Oh, he'll have to rake 
and have to practice the lightweight. Okay, so we we get the lightweight, we prepare that. And the next thing is uh, is other engines better? Engine gearbox in the first engine in the first car. So I've got to change that. So then after that practice, he said, oh, this lightweight isn't, isn't as good as the old chassis. So then I've got to repair the old chassis, which is mean, means getting the transit jack out of the, yeah. of the transit and jacking it all out, putting some extra bits of metal in there. So we get that. And then we have to take the engine off. And like this is, oh. I know it's two or three nights in a row, I'm sort of walking back to the hotel at, you know, four or five o'clock in the morning. Lucky it was a walk. Yes, of course. But all those sort of things used to be sort of almost epic in a way. And by the time the weekend was over, you, you, you know... You're shattered. You're shattered. Yeah. And, and you never do like like Monaco anyway. No, exactly. Not from a mechanic's point of view. Right. I've never liked it no. because every time, just about every time I was there, it was hard work. There was always something, something happening. Yeah. yeah. So with, with so who are your two drivers for for, uh, for 1970? Chris Amon and the other one was Joe Siffert. Oh, of course it was, yes, that's right. Yeah. 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 Joe was good. Um, he hit, hit, hit the old arm code at Nürburgring. He comes back and says, oh, I'm heading for the arm code. He said, I just remember just in time to take my hands off the steering wheel. <laughs> Otherwise, we'd have broken my thumb. <laughs> so that wasn't much consolation to us. We have a have to rebuild it, yeah. yeah. But uh, he he was a nice guy, Joe. He he, he was you know, he, he was extremely nice. I, I occasionally you'd have to pick him up for the airport and things like that, on, you know, from Heathrow and yeah. take him up to the factory. And was that was that was always good because that was good in a way. You could you have a talk with them and you know. I'd sort of met him sort of earlier anyway from you know from his early days with Rob Walker and things like that. Yeah, of course. Mm. So you, you know you knew the guy a little bit. Mm. I was very sad when he was killed in the BRM, but mm. then that was that was a hazard in those days. You That's know what it was like, wasn't it? Yeah, you know through the sort of early to mid seventies for a yeah, start. Yeah, yeah. before that. Yeah, yeah. By mile, there were a lot of deaths that that uh, weren't necessary. Yeah, these days, you know, that'd be totally unacceptable. But, yeah. but, it, but in those days, oh yeah, he's a race driver. You know, it's there's accidents. Part of the job. Yeah, 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 yeah. He he gets you know, ten thousand pound a race probably. Yeah. Probably not much at all. Then he has to take some risks these days. Yeah. It's so much. They get so much more money, even a lot less. Yeah. Absolutely. That's yeah. right. So in the seventy one, you had the seven one one. Seven one one. The yeah. new design. Yeah. So you had Ronnie that season, and um, who else was it? Oh. Uh, was it Alex Soderoy? Alex. Was it 71? Soderoy, Nanny Galley. Oh, yes. And the Alpha Engine. Okay. The Alpha V8. We, we started off. I don't know what the deal with Alpha was, but we have this Alpha Mark V8 engine. Now we. And we also had the Ford engine, but we, yeah. but because of politics, we very rarely ended or turned up at a race meeting with the Ford engine to go. And in sort of 
odd enough, we went to to Zandvoort with the Alpha engine. Had problems in practice with the Alpha, so we then got to run the car with Ford engine. So there's actually two mechanics, and we're looking after you know. One and a half cars virtually. Yeah. There's an alpha mechanic, but he's he's only the engine man. So this went on for a lot of the of the season. We'd we'd practice the alpha engine and run with the Ford, and all, all, almost always with the Ford engine, we could end up in the points. Yeah, it it was extremely good. The last race we had with the alpha engine was at. Paul Ricard. Right. And so Ronnie goes out and he practices with the car. And after practice, he comes to me and says, I don't want to race the car. I won't race the car. I'm not going to race. So I said, Come and, come and sit with me in your Mercedes, Ronnie. So we go and we sit in his Mercedes. And I talked to him for probably an hour. And I said, Look, Ronnie, if you just. If you do this one race with this engine, I said, then, then they will know that it's no good. Yeah. But, but you know, this was, you know, th- this is Max and Robin that are you know, making all, all these decisions on, on this, perhaps. And mm. they, I, I said, I said they, will, they should be able to see that it's no good. Because they're not stupid. No. So I said, so just do this one race. Mm. So he said, oh, I should not be doing this race. I should not be doing it. I said, yeah, right, just this one race. Just try it. So in the race, there's a blow-up. He's sliding backwards. It's it's a quick engine on the straight, but yeah. only at the end of the straight. But everywhere else it's useless. So the engine blows up. And I said to him, I said, did you do a clutch job on it, Ronnie? And he said, no need, no need. <laughs> Always remember. <laughs> the other mechanic with me, John Reed, great. He goes and has a look at the engine and pulls a gudgeon pin out from the V. Said, look at this gudgeon pin. So, okay, so that's written off. The funny thing was, the engine turned up probably... Three races later, and all the centre of the V had been filled with aerolite. That was their repair. So really, that's the sort of organisation we were, oh. you know, we were dealing with. Yeah. And but luckily, after that, actually, Ronnie never had to use again because in the in the Silverstone race, he went into the bank of Beckett's in a big way, right, and ended up in hospital. And so they, and that was with the Alpha engine again. Mm. But we we get back to the pits, or, or, the, or bring the car back, and of course he says, you know, we haven't spoken to Ronnie, but he's in hospital in Northampton, and he wants to talk to me anyway. Uh, but I had a look at the engine, and there was a linkage off the off the metering unit on the engine, and so I just figured out you know, what had happened. He'd have it hard open up to Beckett's and he'd be turning to the right yeah. 
and then the linkage would actually swing out because the pin's missing on the bottom. Then when he lifts it off, it sticks on the on the side of the ah, slide, see. Right. So it just doesn't come in. So right. everything's held open. Yeah. And, and so I figured that out. So I go up to Northampton Hospital and, and I speak to him and he said, I, I think what happened, this is what happened. Oh, it's okay. Then, you know, as long as he knew what happened, he'd be yeah. okay. Mm. It, it, it wasn't as if it's a mystery gonna, you know, going to happen again. But yes, quite. Yeah. That was with the Alpha engine. But, but after Ricard, I don't think we used the Alpha engine again. But we, we certainly practiced at Hockenheim with, with the Ford engine, had some problems. So immediately they went to the Alpha engine, right. engine car. And luckily on race morning, on warm-up, he had problems with the Alpha engine. So we quickly repaired the forward engine. I did some work on the, the, on the scavenge pumps on that and, and got that work. And we had that out. The Alpha mechanics were racing sort of against us to try and get out before we... <laughs> We got our car, and he finished in the, you know... In the points again. In the points there. Well, that wasn't a points race, but he right. he sort of finished mm. second or third or something. Yeah. See. So all the races that that we ran without the influence of the Alpha engine, he did well. Yeah. Actually, Monaco, he, he did extremely well there. That was... Yeah. That, that was... A, he finished second there, didn't he? Yes, that's right. Brilliant race, I yeah. think, by Ronnie. Actually, against odds because he had to overtake his cars also there. And we know it's like that. Yeah. Monica. So, um, you know, so those days were were excellent with Ronnie, and he was he was such a nice, you know, sort of guy. Anyway, he was just, um, you know, just one of us. Yeah. We were going testing at actually Goodwood once, and Ronnie used to be one of the jobs he he had in, in real life was. Um, was erecting and dismantling these cranes on buildings. Oh, right. Yeah. And he, he told me a couple of you know funny stories about how this, how, it, how his boss had said to him, take the Volvo up and, uh, and there's this big you know, crane on this building. Um, he said, dismantle it. So Ronnie gets there and they think, him and his mate think they can do the job a lot faster if they take it in bigger pieces. Right. And there's a blizzard coming. <laughs> it's sweet. So they do this and in the end he said we're in big trouble. He said we've got the big pieces hanging on the side of, uh, down the side of the building when the blizzard hits yeah. and he said the police are there and everything. So that was that was one. And another one, they get this big Volvo truck and they load it up because the boss, he said, it'll all go on one load. He said, we drive off, bang, spring goes on the trailer. Oh, we've got to carry on. Bang, another one goes. They find out they've got twice the load on that this thing's capable. And another time there, we're on the way testing to Goodwood, and he's talking about a mate of his. They were uh, taking the cable out of the pulley and, and, and so Ronnie's up the, up on the boom. He's it's hooked up or something. He released it, and the guy in the bottom pulls it. And the cable comes out, and he steps backward off the building. And Ronnie's and Ronnie talks about this. And it 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 made me a lot of we can't test it today. You know, I don't need this sort of thing. But for Ronnie, it was just another you know matter of, of sort of fact. 
yeah. you know, part of his life. And he was extremely honest. I, I, I thought Ronnie, but everything he did, yeah, he was a nice, honest, you know, sort of person. Well, you've heard this, the the uh, stories at the end of Lotus. He, he was going to sign, or he had signed for McLaren for the next year. Oh yeah. Then he's then he had his accident. And then apparently people knew about it towards the end of that season with Andretti. And people were saying to him, why don't you, you're leaving, why don't you go for it, you should overtake him and win. And he said, no, I've given my word, I've shook hands on it at the start of the year that Mario's yeah, yeah. number one and I won't go yeah. for it against him. Yeah. Yes. Which is nice, isn't it? You know, that would be wrong, yeah. yeah. He, he was extremely nice. And, yeah. You know, in the heat of the moment already he could have just yeah, 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 yeah. But he, he never did. He never did. No, and and so, you know, the, uh, there's always the argument that that Mario puts up that you know that uh, but he beat you know he beat Ronnie. But I think on occasions I'd say Ronnie. If Ronnie was right, could have won. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Yeah, they finished yeah. one two a lot, didn't they? Yeah, I'd I'd like to think that Ronnie could have beaten him anyway, and I. I I think he was you know, yeah. certainly capable. He had a lot of ability. I think he was capable of doing it as well. Yeah.